For anyone who has lived in France or taken more than a passing interest in Ligue 1, they know that this is more than just a football match. Two of the most successful clubs in Ligue 1 history squaring off and our regular contributor Andy Scott takes a look at what this massive fixture means in France, a match that transcends just sporting significance right across the country and beyond. This is uh, this is a, a subject which we could um, dedicate several books to, rather than just a few minutes on on the podcast. Um, and obviously, here in France, there is plenty of literature about it. But let, let's let's just say that it's the biggest game in French football, and it's between uh, the, the 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 biggest clubs from the two biggest cities. And from a from sort of looking beyond the sport, these are, are two starkly different cities as well. So on the one hand, you have the capital, Paris, the seat of power, uh, not just the home of the government, but the, the, the powerhouse of the, of the French economy as well. Paris is a city of the arts. It's um, a city of tremendous history. It's not really a proper football city. On the other hand, Marseille uh, is edgy. It's got all the character of a Mediterranean port and all the influences that come with that. And it's a city that is obsessed with its football team. So two starkly different cities. Uh, in terms of the clubs, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, were only founded, as, as many people who like to, to, to mock them will, will remind you, they were only founded in 1970 very recently for a leading European club. Marseille, in contrast, go all the way back to August 1899. They had won the French Cup three times before the French League was even created. That was in 1932. And so they took part in the very first edition of the French League. Um, so historically, very different clubs as well. PSG have won the most league titles. They, of course, broke the record just last year. Um and only PSG and Saint-Étienne. PSG have won the league 11 times. Saint-Étienne have won it 10 times. And these are the only two clubs who've won the league more often than Marseille have. Marseille have won it nine times. But in terms of recent history, of course, if you look back over the last 30 years, Marseille have won the league just once. And PSG in that time have won it on 10 occasions. So PSG's recent history, of course, is, is, is far more glorious than that of Marseille. In terms of the French Cup, these are the two most successful sides in history of that competition. PSG have won it 14 times. Uh, Marseille have won it 10 times. But again, they've not won that since 1989. But they would say, their fans would say, the most important line on their CV in terms of trophies won is the Champions League. They're the only French club to have won it, of course. That was in 1993, the inaugural season of the Champions League. Um, and they will always be a jamais les premiers, as they, as they like to say, forever the first to win that competition here in France, nobody else has got there yet. PSG have been trying very hard. Of course, they were runners-up in 2020, but they've not got there yet. And Marseille fans will be hoping that they never get there. In terms of the fixture itself, um, because we're coming up to the, the game this weekend, um, I think it's worth pointing out that the, this game didn't grow organically in the way that the Clásico in Spain between Real Madrid and Barcelona has done. Uh, over a century and um, perhaps you know you might say you look at another classic European rivalry for example the old firm in Scotland Rangers and Celtic it, it's not a rivalry that has grown in the same way these teams hadn't met at all until December 1971 not long after PSG were founded uh, at the time Marseille were the champions they would go on to retain their title that year 
and Marseille won that game. But just to to give you an idea of maybe how relatively minor a game it was at the time, the crowd was given as just under 19,000. So, you know, not exactly the size of crowd and the size of audience we're going to see this weekend. Um, and then if you go down through the years from there, in the 1980s, PSG were still emerging as a force. Marseille's main rivals had really been Saint-Étienne in the 70s, Bordeaux in the 80s, because these were the teams with whom they were competing for success. And, you know, I mean, obviously we, we are the, the Beaujeu, the, the, the official league and podcast, of course, you know, is we want to build up this this game for what it now is. But I think we also have to... Uh, accept and understand and appreciate and 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 explain to our listeners that the way this rivalry came about i mean essentially this was you might say a manufactured rivalry um and and one of the people behind the almost creation of this rivalry was bernard tapie who of course is a legendary figure in france he died a couple of years ago um and the coverage given to his death in the media here was really quite something and reflected the the size of personality that he was. He he bought Marseille in 1986. He revived their fortunes. This is at a time when Bordeaux were the big rivalries rivals of Marseille. They were fading as a force. And then you had uh, Canal Plus, of course, are the the pay TV giant here in France, the equivalent of Sky in the UK, for example. Um, they invested in PSG in the early 1990s, a few years after Tapi had come into Marseille, and it suited Canal Plus with their uh, PSG's president, Michel Denisot, and Tapi at Marseille to hype up this rivalry. And therefore, you could say manufacture this rivalry if you're being, you know, if you were sort of mocking it a little bit. But they, they hyped up the rivalry in order to help Canal Plus increase the number of people buying subscriptions to watch the product. So you create this 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 rivalry, and and you 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 help it become something which over the over the decades since then has turned into easily the biggest fixture in French football, one of the biggest in European football. But the reality is that these teams have rarely been competing with each other over the last thirty five years or so. If you go back to nineteen eighty nine, that's a year in which Marseille won the league and PSG came second, um, and and there was a there was a. a a period in which they were competing with each other, but then Marseille were relegated for attempted match-fixing, famously in a game against Valenciennes in 1993. It took them three years to come back up to the top division. And in that time, that was really PSG's golden age before the arrival of the Qataris, in which PSG won a league title, they won a Coupe de France, they won the Cup Winners' Cup, they got to a Champions League semi-final. But Marseille were not at the top table at that time. And then, of course, um, the rivalry in the last... 12 years has been transformed because of the arrival of, of, of the Qatari owners at Paris Saint-Germain. Um, in the last decade, in which PSG have dominated French football, Marseille have finished second to PSG on three separate occasions, most recently 2022, but they were a distant second really on each of these occasions. They've never really properly competed for the title with PSG. Um, and actually, since Marseille beat Antoine Comboire's PSG 3-0, that was in November 2011, the very first fixture between the teams following the, the arrival of Qatar Sports Investments at PSG. If you look back over the last 28 meetings of the teams, Marseille have won two of them. There have been four draws and PSG have won the other 22 meetings. One of those Marseille wins came last season in the Cup at the Velodrome. And so it gives you this, it kind of confirms to you this this idea that these teams, although they are great rivals, the, the, the fans certainly, um, you know, they, they are real rivals. They, they, they don't like each other 
for all the off-field reasons as well as on-field reasons. And Marseille's um, dislike of PSG perhaps has grown because of the arrival of the Qataris in Paris, which has turned them into a major force beyond France and, 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 and a major force in Europe. The reality is that Marseille now find it very hard to compete with PSG on the field. And that brings us to Sunday's game. And the reality uh, being that for PSG, this is a game they will expect to win. And for Marseille, it's a game in which they can simply hope to take something, but they can't expect to. Um, and of course, I think it's worth touching on as well before we wrap this up, that not that many players have played for both clubs, but plenty have. And if you want to name just a few of them, well, one would be Gabriel Ainsey, who might be considered the most successful in terms of what he did for the two clubs. He had a, a three-year spell at PSG in the early 2000s, and then he had a couple of years at Marseille when he played in the team that won the league under Didier Deschamps. He would be the, the prime example, but one or two others you might want to mention um, and which the guys might want to expand upon, perhaps. Claude Makélélé, who played for both clubs, more recently at PSG at the end of his career. Lassana Diara was a recent example. Uh, Lorik Sana was a popular figure um, who played for both clubs. And also George Weah, who, of course, was a great PSG player in the early 90s in that golden period for them between 1992 and 1995, and who did also have a brief spell at Marseille at the turn of the millennium. OK, Andy Scott with uh, a history of Le Classique. JJ, Andy, just rattling off a few names of players that have played for both Olympique de Marseille and Paris Saint-Germain. There are, there are quite a few of them, some famous names and some famous stories as well. What, any of those catching your interest? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have very fond memories of my first ever Classique, a 2-1 win for, for PSG against Marseille when I was just starting to, to sort of develop my passion and, and sort of understanding for, for French football and all of its, uh, you know, different cultural tidbits. And actually, I, I happened to see one of sort of the most uh, emotionally charged classiques that, that I can remember in a long, long time. Uh, you know, you had Sylvain Armand, you know, immediately writing himself into PSG legend by absolutely going through Fabrice Fiorez, who had swapped PSG for Marseille just a few weeks before. So it was public enemy number one that night at Parc des Princes. Uh, but I have fond memories of it as well, because you've got Edouard Cisse, who, of course, played for Marseille later on in his career, scoring the winning goal, uh, you know, for PSG that game. Uh, you had Pauletta opening the scoring when he was on a run of scoring some phenomenal goals. Uh, against Marseille. I think everyone will remember that one where he bends it in from the corner flag, which was, I think, the season before this one where he bends in another fantastic finish beyond uh, Fabian Barthez from the from the edge of the box. Uh, I'm pretty sure you also had Modeste Mbami, the, the late great uh, former Cameroon midfielder who also swapped PSG for Marseille sort of a couple of years later. I think he was in the starting 11 in that game. So quite a few players just in that game who'd uh, you know, swapped sides, but, uh, you know, created one of my all-time favourite uh, memories of Le Classic. Andreas, you've, you've, you've been around the traps long, long enough. <laughs> What's your favourite classic yeah, memory? I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've seen a few. And, and, and Andy's, uh, Andy Scott's um, piece there, it, there's interesting because of the, this rivalry that is quite recent. And I think what makes it different about France, France is the only country that doesn't have any derbies, really, let's be honest. It doesn't have a real city derby. Even a, a, like a Lens Lille, it's not the same city. So that, in a way, we're kind of looking to build these 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 rivalries, which are the heart of all sport. I mean, that's what sport thrives on. So it's a genuine and passionate rivalry. My first one, funny enough, um, 
Jonathan was saying, was also my first. And it was also a 2-1 win for PSG in 99 when Marseille were closing in on the title. It was, I can't remember when, which match day was, but it was in May. It was a hot evening. Marseille were leading 1-0 and PSG scored two goals in the last 10 minutes to pretty much deny Marseille the title. And, and the place erupted. There was a, an amazing atmosphere. And, and it's just a shame, of course, this week, there's no away fans, which maybe is a subject for, for another podcast. But um, fantastic atmosphere and, and, and great memories for me and, and PSG fans. Well, my first um, classic, I won't be able to uh, really give it, give it full justice or even explain for legal reasons everything that went on because outside the ground it was just utter mayhem before. <laughs> and this would be in the early noughties, um, 2000, 2001, um, it was a period for Paris Saint-Germain who had always had such difficult times against Olympique de Marseille. Marseille were the dominant side in, in the Classique and throughout the, the history of this fixture. Until this period, and, and, and I was there the night that Paris Saint-Germain won uh, 3-0 with Ronaldinho scoring, scoring a couple, and Martin Cadetti uh, got, the other, got the other, another one of the lost names of, of Paris Saint-Germain history, so many of them. Um, who got a headed goal, but but Ronaldinho, I think it was a free kick that squeezed through legs and and a, and a penalty. But the thing that struck me the most was was the noise, as you say, Andreas, and that that atmosphere inside the Parc des Princes. I mean, probably, and we all know the history of the fans and the ultras at, at Paris Saint Germain, and and the good and the bad. But during that period, I think. And and this is coming from someone with a, a little bit of experience of European football and and what it all means. Probably, the ultras at the Parc des Princes from two thousand and one to two thousand and three four were probably as good as any in all of Europe. But what was what was being done for the the choreographies for the incredibly complicated and extravagant, sophisticated uh, mise en œuvre that they were doing? These these are amazing like operas happening in the terraces and um that game against marseille was one of them it was spectacular from outside the ground trying to get into the ground i mean i really saw everything that this rivalry rivalry meant and then to be behind the goal in the in the in the stands in the virage as they call it in france was uh something i will never ever forget it was absolutely spectacular Gentlemen, what do we think is going to happen this weekend? Luke Entwistle, Paris Saint-Germain versus Olympique de Marseille. Marseille currently sitting in fourth place. It's nine points against eight. It's fourth versus fifth. Um, it's quite even. What, what, are we, uh, what are we expecting? Um, I'm expecting probably stiff resistance. From Marseille, interesting to see how the different systems being deployed by the, you know, by both teams will, um, how it will kind of look. You know, obviously Marseille, you know, with a four-four-two, you don't see too many four-four-twos deployed in the league, and and seeing how that works against a uh, an Enrique team will be will be interesting to see. I still expect, I'd say, PSG to win. I, I expect Marseille to go out there looking for the draw, but maybe not to get it. Okay, one for Paris Saint-Germain. JJ? 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I can't see past PSG uh, in terms of ultimate victors from this, but I do think it's been set up really nicely now this this entire week. You know, PSG need to perform against both Dortmund and Marseille. And Marseille themselves, after a disappointing result over the weekend, the first signs of a bit of fan unrest, uh, wanting to see more from the players in terms of, you know, commitment, that famous phrase to, you know, to to wet the shirt, uh, you know, to, to show exactly what it means and to really sweat and give it all for the for the club. Uh, you know, so I think it's really now a game where Marseille at least cannot afford to underperform. Uh, you know, we've seen that a couple of times already from them uh, under Marcelino. So it's t- taking time to get going as it is, uh, you know, on, on PSG's end with Luis Enrique as well. But for me, I think that, you know, these two games will probably wake PSG up and it might be tight, but I do think that PSG will ultimately come out on top. It's a, it's a fair point. It's a big week for Paris Saint-Germain. They're coming off a defeat. They've got Dortmund at the park uh, as well in midweek. Andreas, how do you see Le Classique going? I don't think it will be that close. I, I think PSG will win with a bit to spare. Marseille are playing on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Are, are they going to play a full strength team? Uh, Ajax, uh, less recovery time. E- even putting that to one side. Now, I, I think... PSG will get their act together for this match. Uh, it will be an excellent atmosphere. There'll be no away fans. Uh, and I'm sure Kylian Mbappe will, will I was going to say, you know, drill into his teammates how important it is. But, you know, Kola Mwani, he knows how important it is. Dembele, he knows how important this match is. And I, I like that front three because I think they're, I think they're all pretty good mates, aren't they? Certainly, Kola Mwani and, and, and uh, Mbappe go back a long, long way. They're, they're both from the same town and born in the same month. So they're, they're, you know, they're French, they're Parisian, they know the importance of this. And as I think I said on a recent podcast, I'm a little bit less optimistic than some of our colleagues about Marseille this season. So I, I think PSG with it, with a couple of goals to spare at least. Well, there you have it. Paris Saint-Germain all the way in Le Classique. Uh, you can put your house on it. Don't. I'm not encouraging that by by any stretch. Anything can happen in football. But Paris Saint-Germain, certainly, according to Le Bourgeois, Jonathan Johnson, Andreas Evagora and Luke Entwistle all thinking the Paris Saint-Germain will get up this weekend in the first Classique of the 2023-24 season. (laughs) 